Hello and welcome to the Community Call. We're thrilled to have you on this evening. This is the Community Call number three. And we're excited to have you on board. It's been an exciting couple of weeks for the General YouTube Vision since we last met with you. Uh, we are thankful to have this monthly Youth Workers Conference Call hosted by the General Youth Division and sponsored by your generous giving to Sheaves for Christ. We just concluded an SFC campaign for the history books as we saw another record offering that was received $5,276,732.32. An absolutely amazing response, sacrificial giving by so many churches, so many districts, 24 of our UPCI districts had an all-time giving record. We had three churches give over $100,000 170,000, 140,000, 135,000, just miraculous giving. And it's exciting to be a part of youth ministry in the Ipenny Gospel Church right now. Uh, Project 7 clubs are kicking off the new school year and campus ministries. Uh, we're seeing great growth in those programs. We had a great general conference this last week. Uh, it was good to see some youth workers there involved in our general conference. Just a, a very positive week for the organization in Indianapolis, Indiana. One of the most exciting things about being in Indy this last week was that every time someone saw Lucas Oil Football Stadium, uh, it was just inspiring. Uh, people told me they felt goosebumps when they saw the stadium, thinking about Youth Congress being there this next year. So that was very, very exciting. Great week in Indy, great preaching, uh, great Youth Day service. On Friday, Chad Douglas ministered powerfully. I, I recommend you getting a copy of the DVD or CD from our Youth Day service at conference. And uh, just today, we had a meeting with our ministry directors of the General Youth Division, uh, AYC, Campus Ministry, Hyphen Young Adult Ministry, Project 7 Bible Clubs, and Senior Bible Quizzing are uh, the five major ministries of the GYD. Had a great time of planning, vision casting for 2017. 2018. So a lot of great things going on. We appreciate you joining us on the call, whether you are live or via the podcast. Thank you for the, taking the time to listen in. We appreciate the work that you do in the local church, investing in the next generation, and we're thankful for your partnership. The purpose of the General Youth Division is to educate and engage. We want students to know who they are, what their purpose is, and thank you for helping us to accomplish that on a weekly basis on the local level. Here in a few moments, we'll be joined by our special guest, Sister Amberlyn Salas, who we are very excited to have on this call, a tenured youth ministry leader uh, from the great state of Alabama, has written a book on youth ministry called Real Talk, and she's going to be uh, talking about a particular subject from that book. We're excited about that tonight. We also have our youth secretary, Brother Matt Johnson, who will be helping us with Q&A. And we have our current director of promotion, who is the recently elected youth secretary for the General Youth Division, Josh Carson, who will be concluding our call tonight. Why don't we begin with prayer before we introduce Sister Amberlin. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your blessings to us. We thank you for the privilege that we have to serve you, to serve your kingdom, to serve the students of this generation. And I believe that there is a hunger and a passion in this generation to be involved in your kingdom to know your purpose for their lives and to fulfill that purpose. 
help us as leaders uh, to be the kind of spiritual leaders that we need to be to facilitate spiritual growth in our students. We need your wisdom, your guidance, and everything that we do. I pray for this call, Lord, as Amberlynn shares with us. Let our hearts, our minds, our spirits be open to receive instruction from you. We pray that it would be a productive time. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. We are thrilled at this time to welcome our special guest, Amberlynn Salas. And Sister Amberlynn, it is all yours. We'll let you take it away. Thank you, Brother Enzi, and um, thanks to the GYD team for this great opportunity. A special thank you to Brother Johnson uh, for taking the time to not only read this book, but to write a review. And I'm forever grateful for your investment into Ray and I's life and, and for the entire GYD team, just incredible friendships that we've made in the last year or so, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for uh, the privilege to serve in the kingdom of God, and I'm thankful for all of you who serve as well. Real Talk uh, came from my own desire to know God and to be grounded in what I had always professed to believe. I was raised in church, and um, the problem that I found myself in when I was about 15 was that I knew all of the key points of Pentecost, but I didn't really understand how they all fit together and, and what the purpose was uh, behind all of them. And so this was the basis for my inspiration for the book, to provide answers to those who may be searching um, as I did. And as it began to develop, I soon discovered that uh, the underlying motivation behind living for God, it, it can't be obligation, it can't be fear or guilt. Um, in order for it to last, love has to be the center of it all. And that's kind of the heart of the book. Um, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. He also said that in John 15, 14, if you're my friend, you do what I command. And so love is the reason for obedience. And um, aside from, from wanting answers for myself, I had watched friends and family pretty much my whole life walk away from truth. And sometimes it seemed like at a rapid rate. And the nagging question always was in my mind, why? You know, why, why leave something so wonderful? And it was because they had failed to fall in love with Jesus, I found out later, you know, and just observing their life and, and what they did. But I knew that in order to fall in love with him, you have to know him to understand who he is, what he did, and why it's so important to engage in a relationship with him. And, and that's um, where I start off in the book in Chapter 1. It's called The Fundamentals, Part 1. And I start off just talking about why we live for God as opposed to not living for Him, you know, what does it mean, what happens if we don't live for Him, what are the results, and I talk a lot about baggage, and um, I talk about, you know, what the world offers and what God offers, and obviously what the world offers isn't really working too well right now, as we see in um, our culture and just everything that's going on. So I talk about that, I talk about the wise and foolish builder, I talk about Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and then in chapter 2, I break down the fundamentals of doctrine, and I list scriptures, um, easy-to-understand explanations uh, about you know repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and being filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and how we have to go beyond um, you know, just saying a sinner's prayer or something like that. And I was very specific with that, because we do use the book um, in our church when we have students come in that begin asking questions. I do give that to them, and I want to make sure that they know the difference between... Um, 
what we're offering them and what they make and get at other places. Uh, but chapter three is called Identity, and I talk about um, what makes me a child of God. Uh, people today are in an identity crisis, and and this is a basis for a lot of their problems. I talk about the benefit of finding our identity in God, and um, the benefit is that when we have nothing else, we have the assuredness of who we are in Him. And I, I go into a lot in that chapter. Um, but then chapter 3, or, I'm sorry, chapter 4, is called God, and it's about His identity and His nature. And this is where I start to get into this idea of learning about God in order to fall in love with Him. Because in order to fall in love with somebody, you have to know them. Um, you've got to know who they are and uh, what they like and what they don't like, and that's a part of, of falling in love. And so I talk about um, the concept of Jesus is the mighty God in Christ, that he robed himself in flesh. I go through that whole uh, redemptive plan for man and how it all fits together. And um, I talk about that God is, he's not this unreachable being, um, but he is very approachable. That through the death on the cross, we have the ability to, to be in the presence of the king ourselves. We don't, we don't need the priest. Uh, we don't have to go through the rituals and everything like the Old Testament, but we can have a relationship with him highlight um, Isaiah 9 and 6 and I talk about how all of that took place and what it means in the prophetic plan of God. I talk about the purpose of the blood which was a big question for me um, and I've heard that mentioned a few times in my conversations with other youth ministers and just you know conversations about the things that some teens and young adults may not understand and the blood is a part of that. Um, they don't really understand what, what the purpose is. We preach about it um, we sing about it, but, but what is the blood? Why do we? Why is it so important? How does it apply to us? Where does it work? And those kind of things. And so that's the essence of that chapter. And chapter five is is the heart of the book, and it's falling in love with Jesus. And at the beginning, I said that uh, Jesus said that if you love me, you will do my commandments, or you'll keep my commandments. And in my experience, people have a hard time living for God. Just, I mean, if you just give a broad view, they have a hard time with um, the everyday aspect of being a Christian. The they they do struggle with outward lifestyle when we see that, but but there's also this element of struggling inward. They struggle with honesty, integrity, uh, keeping their commitments, uh, basically their actions when no one is looking. And I find in working with with teenagers, especially, and even into the young adult culture, that that is it's such a problem. Because they they want to they want to walk the walk, but yet they they don't have what it takes behind closed doors um, to to live up to those words and those commitments, and so they struggle with living for God, and they they want to be the best that they can be. I know there's that desire there, um, but there's a problem with their inward character uh, that we need in order to be a Christian or to show Jesus to the world, and so um, we there's this. There was this problem that I saw, and, and this chapter kind of tackles that a little bit. And um, what I realized is that most people aren't tapping into the right reasons for why they live the way that they do. Their motivation, like I said before, it could be obligation, guilt, or fear. You know, they don't want to go to hell, which is a good thing. It, it's you, you don't want to go to hell. You want to make it to heaven. But... At some point, it's got to be more than that because fear or a fear of going to hell isn't, isn't going to last. I've seen that so many times in, in church services. People 
are, you know, I'm sure all of us have seen that when something happens in our country and people are afraid, and I'm sure it won't be, we'll see that more, you know, in the future, but people are going to be afraid to um, live in the world because they don't have the answers to anything. They don't know what's going to happen. So they, they come to God in this, in this, um, this need to be safe and to make it to heaven, and that's great, and, and we need that element, but there's got to be a place where we mature into this understanding that I've got to live for Him because I love Him. Love has to be what motivates me. And this is why Jesus said in Matthew um, 22, 36-40 that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. He gave us this key. He said, love me with everything that you have, and everything else will work out. If, if we love Him, doing what He asks is not a problem. Giving up sin is not a problem. Living holy isn't a problem. Because I love Him, I want to please Him. So I do what He asks me to do. He then says that the second greatest commandment is to love people. Everything else, as He says in verse 40, hinges on these two commandments. We have to love God and love people or we won't be effective Christians. And what, what I point out in this chapter is that loving God has to be first before anyone else. If you try building relationships without first building one with Him, it's going to fail. And so everything I've talked about in the book up to this point culminates in this chapter. And um, in order for teens and young adults to relate to this, I break it down um, and I talk about the definition and the different levels of relationships because their whole lives are about relationships. And I know those of you who um, you're working with them day in and day out, you know that. You know that you could be working with a student and they're making headway and they're doing great and then they get a boyfriend and girlfriend and they get distracted and it just all kind of falls apart because their, um, their, their concepts of relationships and love is completely backwards. And they want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be affirmed. So they look for it in whatever relationship they can find, no matter how damaging it may be. What they don't realize is that they're filling up a bag with holes in it because you can't build effective relationships with people without first building an effective relationship with God. And that's why we see in our culture the continual failing of relationships. Uh, there's no commitment and there's no understanding of what love really means. Because we know love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering, it does not seek its own. It's, um, love is not selfish. And the love that our culture presents to us through uh, entertainment and through all different the, the different avenues that these teens and young adults get, it's a selfish love that they're, that they're pushing. Um, I want to be happy. It's all about my happiness. It's about my um, satisfaction. But really, that's not what love is. And so I talk about marriage in this chapter because that's the relationship that God describes um, our relationship with Him. We're the bride. He's the bridegroom. And I compare and contrast that um, so that we can understand just how important it is um, to love God, to communicate with Him. And so the essence of this chapter um, is if you'll just love God um, with everything within you, you could live for Him successfully no matter what happens. Uh, chapter 6, 7, and 8 it gives some steps to that. I talk about prayer, devotion, Bible study, um, and then I talk about praise because there's a difference between praise and worship, and it's necessary to have both falling in love with Jesus, so I, I kind of distinguish between those. And chapter 9 talks about our purpose, um, that we're to be salt and light to, to show Jesus and who He is to the world, and then chapter 10 wraps it all up, talking about um, going beyond the ordinary, that 
not only do we need to fall in love with Jesus, but we've got to fall in love with the church. We've got to fall in love with his people, um, everything about him and his kingdom. And so this is the essence of the book that I, I just wanted to get across to teens and young adults that you can be successful in living for God. And um, these are some steps that you can maybe take. So um, I think, Brother Johnson, you've got some questions. Yes, thank you so much uh, for talking to us about this very important book. And uh, I haven't had a chance to read it all, and it's just such a tremendous resource. Let me start by asking you, what inspired you to uh, write this book? Um, well, I, like I said earlier, I was raised in church, and um, I actually am a fifth-generation Pentecost. My dad is a preacher, my uncle is a preacher, my great-grandfather was a preacher. Um, my parents actually have a, a cassette tape of me preaching when I was three, and so there's, I mean, I, I understand the culture <laughs> of the church. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I have, um, I understand the culture of the church, and it was all just kind of in me, uh, but then when I was about 15, I was kind of pulled out of this church culture. We, we attended a church of 300 people, and my youth group had like 30, 40 people in it, and I just was, I love church, I love the presence of God. But I just never had to really step out on my own. And when we left, um, I didn't have all that support that I had before. And so I started looking into things for myself. And when I began to search, I didn't really find a lot of things that were kind of on my level as far as basic day-to-day um, -day steps and attributes that pertain to an apostolic young person. And so that was kind of the inspiration behind that. I was actually... Um, at a conference, at my first ladies' conference, and I was sitting in the audience listening to some of the speakers, and it was like God just put it in me, I want you to do this. And I was I was 16, I think, at the time when he told me that, and it took me a while to actually complete the book. It was a long process, but um, um, that was kind of the inspiration behind it. That's excellent. We're living in a generation now where there's it's hard to differentiate between love and lust. You're working in youth ministry, Talk to us a little bit about how you uh, speak to your youth group about that topic. Well, like I said earlier, it's it's ongoing because it seems like constantly this is the problem, like you said, that we face because, and I, we're dealing with some issues right now with a student that we worked with for a long time, and they made some bad choices, and it's just, it's hard to watch them fall into that trap. But when we when we talk about it, I try to explain to them and parallel the love of God and how he, he doesn't give us a plan for salvation and then just leave us to figure everything else out on our own. There is, there is a pattern that we have for our earthly relationships. And then I begin to uh, talk about the biblical definition of love and things like that. But when we're explaining or talking to them about their own personal relationships, we try to really emphasize um, them uh, living based on their identity in God because if they can know who they are and know how precious and how valuable their lives and their future is, then maybe they'll protect it a little bit better. And we, we're very open about, about how we talk to them um, because they're not censored at all at school. They're not censored um, on social media. And so we're very blunt about you don't need to be doing this. You don't need to be doing this. You don't need to be watching these things. You don't need to be putting this into your life because it's feeding you lies contrary to the Word of God. And and like I said, the students that we have, um, I don't know if I said this, but 
they all come from the world. They all come from broken homes. They're not, they're not um, second, third, fourth generation Pentecost. These kids are just inundated with the world, and so we have to be as, as um, aggressive as the world is trying to put their agendas into them. Excellent. So speaking just as a youth worker, what are some practical ways that you can love these students? Um, what are some things, some takeaways that those on the call, what are some things they could do tomorrow as the students are going to school or they're having some difficult times, maybe they look in the mirror, they don't like the way they look. Uh, there's so many different scenarios that could be going on in their life. But what are a few practical things that the youth workers on the call can do to show love to the students in their youth group? Um, well, so just some things that we do. Um, it, it, it's really difficult sometimes because you do feel like as a youth worker that I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do. There's, it's so, the situation seems so impossible. I mean, we've had students, we have students right now that are dealing with suicide and um, cutting and alcohol and drugs. I mean, it's just all this stuff. But um, I have been really humbled at certain times when we go into our youth services and we try to be super friendly um, when we when they come in you know hey it's good to see you um, we're so glad you're here and we, and we really try to emphasize the love of God just throughout the whole um, anytime we get a chance to talk to them um, we text we keep in contact with them throughout the week we do our social media uh, shout outs and things like that we try to emphasize the love of God because God's love can seep into hearts that may be wounded and may have walls and may be um, have places that we can't go as people, but God can. And so we've had students come to our youth service, and then as they leave, um, we pick up a lot of them and take them home. And so on the way home, I had one student tell me, I just felt so good when I walked in the door. She said, I, I haven't smiled in a week, and I smiled as soon as I walked in the door. She said, I don't even know why. And so as we, as we interact with them, I try to make sure that we um, just show God's love as much as possible and encourage them the things that they may do well you know like if they're going to school tomorrow and they have a test you know encourage you're smart I know you can do this you know positive uh, speaking is not the end all and the, mm -hmm. the the solution to everything but it is very important because they feed off of affirmation they feed off of somebody um, being there to support them and so that's um, I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, and I think this answers why social media is so popular is because it's that affirmation that they're seeking after. But if right. they can get that affirmation in the house of God with people who really care about them, how much more powerful is that? I like right. what you said earlier, um, a statement that was so powerful. Um, you cannot build relationships without building a relationship with Him first, and that's so powerful. Um, you know, the Bible talks about love your neighbor as yourself. Um, but some read that and say, well, I don't even love myself. Talk right. to us about that one. How, are you, how do you speak into the life of a student who really just doesn't love themselves? And they come in and um, you don't know what's going on in the world. What is the process that you recommend going through when that student walks into the doors? Well, um, first off, no matter... If you if you know their background or not, most of the time you can pretty pretty well assume that they have not made right choices every day of their life. <laughs> That's kind of everybody. So you can understand that they're probably dealing with guilt. 
uh, like you said, they probably have a hard time with loving themselves, self-esteem. Um, a lot of that comes from not having parents that are what they're supposed to be in a child's life. Um, but what we do a lot of times is in in the process of our relationship with them, either whether it be during a service or one-on-one, -on -one, um, we try to let them know that um, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And while I know that sometimes the world or the mainstream, mainstream Christianity uses that verse in Romans um, to say that you could do whatever you want, God still loves you and you're okay, what it really means is that, yes, He does love you no matter what, um, doesn't mean you're always right with God. It just simply means that there's nothing you can do to make Him not stop loving you. And um, when we when we emphasize that, we tell them, look, you know, you may have things that you're not proud of. You may be, have things that you're ashamed of that you don't you don't even like yourself. But God of the God of creation, the God of the universe, He rode Himself in flesh and He died for you. And so, if He can love you. If he sees something in you that is so special that he would die for you and, and want to save you, then let's look for something within ourselves to love. And, and, and so that's when you begin to open up an understanding of who God is. Because if they really and truly get a revelation of who he is and his power, then maybe that will help them see, well, if God can love me, then I can love myself. And so that's why it's important to build that relationship with him. Because once you... Once you really grasp grasp his power and his sovereignty, um, it's a little easier to see how he could love you the way he does. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And this last question before uh, Brother Carson concludes. Um, you know, there's a lot of ladies in ministry who sometimes feel like they're just in the shadow of their husband. And I, when I met you, I noticed how you and your husband are, are both very involved in ministry. What can you say to that? Um, wife out there who's married to the youth pastor and just saying, well, how, where do I fit into all of this? I mean, he's, he's there, he's on the platform, he's leading service, and then I'm just kind of along for the ride. What, what encouraging words can you give um, that lady on the phone tonight? Well, I can definitely say that if you are, if your husband is youth pastor and you are there, a part of that team, um, you are definitely a very important um, asset to him and to the youth group because um, you have the ability to personally connect with every student in your youth group. And while it is so important to stand behind a pulpit and to give the Word of God and to, and to, and to move in that vein, it is equally important to be able to build relationships with your students. And if you have, um, which I'm sure most of you do, have a supportive husband, and I'm, I'm thankful for mine. He's, I mean, it's, God knew what he was doing when he put us together. But um, if you have that support and you guys are working as a team, just put yourself out there and find a student in your youth group. You may have, um, I know students can be intimidating, and I, I, have, I have battled this myself. It's one of the reasons why I, in the past, have not wanted to really step out and do things because students are intimidating. Uh, they'll look at you like you're crazy and like you don't know anything because you're older than they are and you're not cool. And I mean, there's a whole lot of things they can do to make you feel uh, very small. But if you keep this concept that you have um, 
you have the ability to maybe change their entire life. Because sometimes all it takes is to have somebody to listen and to have somebody to care about what you're going through. And if a student knows that they have that in their youth pastor's wife, it could completely change the dynamics of your youth group and never know the impact that you could be making to somebody that may be watching you, maybe another um, another lady in the church that may be trying to find her place in ministry and she's watching you move in and out of these things and she's like, well, if she could do it, I can do it. And so don't ever underestimate your influence um, no matter what your position is. It's always important. Well, just tremendous, tremendous job tonight. Um, will you remind us again before we go into our conclusion, let people, I know so many people, are saying, okay, how do I get my hands on this book? Uh, just give them a reference. Give them the easiest way to get a hold of your book. Okay. Um, you can go to amberlynsalas.com, A-M-B-E-R-L-I-N-S-A-L-A-S.com, and um, there is a place where you can order the book. Um, I know Pentecostal Publishing House does sell it as well, but I think they're sold out right now, um, but I do have some in stock, so um, if you want to order that, you can go to my website and do that. Excellent, excellent. Well, we thank you so much, Amberlyn, for being on the call tonight, for sharing you. your passion, your wisdom, uh, your heartbeat for youth ministry. There's been so much practical application, not just inspiration, but practical application coming out of tonight's call. I, I would encourage everyone, even if you were live on the call, to go back and listen to the podcast again. Um, I, I think it would be extremely beneficial for you. I do want to say to everyone that's on the call, thank you so much again for this record-breaking She's for Christ offering of over $5.2 million. Just an incredible, incredible offering. And we thank you for helping uh, support the mission through Sheaves for Christ. We are definitely looking forward to our next call. We are not, uh, we're not slowing down a, a bit. We are seeing encouragement come and the responses that come after these calls. Uh, and so we're pressing forward and very thankful about November 1st at 8 o'clock. We're going to be hearing from Caleb Saucer. Uh, incredible topic, talking about being a new youth pastor. Uh, and even if you're a veteran, I think this would be great for you. And if you're on the call or listening to the podcast, join someone from your team that's maybe uh, just getting started. Get them on to the call as well. Going to be a lot of practical things uh, apart there uh, on that call. So we're looking very forward to it. Let's just say a quick prayer before we conclude here tonight. And uh, we'll allow everyone to get back to their evening. Once again, on behalf of Brother Enzi, Brother Johnson, myself, uh, and all the Youth Division staff, thank you for taking the time to log in tonight. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for the words that we've heard. Help it to be more than just a moment together, more than just some words that are spoken. Help us to take these words. Help us to process them and apply them to our lives and to our youth ministries. We give you thanks for loving us for trusting us with service to young people in this hour. Help us to do it to the best of our ability. God bless you, everyone. Thank you so much for logging in. We'll talk to you next time. You have been listening to The Community Call. For other great youth resources, be sure to check out thecommunity.com. Thank you for joining us, and have a great night.